This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Companion Medical. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. MDI users, this one's for you. How would you like to live your life less complicated? You can do that with InPen. InPen is a reusable injector pen that has its own smartphone app. They talk to each other through the Bluetooth. That Bluetooth is magic, isn't it? You know what the app does? I'm going to tell you a lot about it over the next few weeks on these Friday shows. But for right now, dose calculator, dose reminders, reporting actually tells you if the temperature of your insulin has gone out of range. Not only that, it connects to your CGM. Ooh, I got you there, didn't I? An app on your phone that connects to your continuous glucose monitor that connects to your insulin pen. Now you want to know more about InPen, don't you? Check out companionmedical.com. Welcome to Ask Scott and Jenny. In today's episode, I, Scott, and Jenny, Jenny Smith from the Diabetes Pro Tips series and Defining Diabetes, you know Jenny. Jenny works at Integrated Diabetes. She's a CDE, a registered pump trainer, CGM trainer, dietitian. She has type 1. And if Jenny was a blanket, she'd be a quilt that you've had for like 10 years that's heavy and soft, warm, but doesn't make you sweaty all at the same time. That's what Jenny is. Jenny's an old quilt. In this episode, we take two questions from you, the listeners, and I tell a little story about Arden's YOLO experience. Today, one listener asks, how soon is too soon for an insulin pump? Do you really need permission from your doctor to do something like that? And the next is about basal IQ and how it seems to mess with your extended boluses. You tandem people are going to be uh, up for this. It's also kind of a looping idea. Honestly, it's an algorithm idea. Arden and I just made a bolus that after after I pushed after she pushed the button, I was like, huh, I wonder if this will kill her. Probably not. We're going to be fine. <laughs> Must be a good meal. <laughs> Yay! Well, it's a weird confluence of situations. So today was like picture day. And so she goes in, they get out of the room, you know, um, you know, for picture day. And um, then they, they start seeing the cafeteria. And she's like, can I just grab a muffin real quick? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I'm like, um, what kind do you think you'll get? I don't know. And I said, okay, well, why don't you put 20 carbs in now? And, you know, let me know what you end up with. And she's like, okay. And I swear to you, eight seconds passed. And she says, I got a chocolate muffin. I was like, wait, did you, where were you standing next to it when you were texting me? Like, I didn't understand. I thought she was like in a classroom, maybe thinking of going right. to get the muffin, you know. Anyway, I'm like, okay, well, you know, we put the rest of the, the insulin in. Hour and a half later, can I get a chocolate milk? And I was like, sure, when are you thinking of doing that? And she says, well, I already bought it. And then she goes, YOLO. And I'm like, you only live once? Is that the message today? And I'm like, all right. So we bolus for the milk, and I thought everything was going great. And about maybe, I'm going to have to say 45 minutes after the milk, it just went a little curved up. I was like, oh, 125 diagonal up. Let's just, boom, 141 straight up. I was like, ah! So uh, I, I texted her. I'm like, hey, lunch is in like 15 minutes, right? And she said, yeah. I was like, we're in a bolus now, like really heavy right now for it. So we did. It caught the up arrow at 177. So it's 177 diagonal up now. 
I, I just, I can't wait to see what happens. And then afterwards, she's like, I don't know that I'm that hungry. And I was like, oh, good, good. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> don't you worry. Go get another one of those chocolate muffins and some chocolate milk for later. <laughs> I said, you got a juice box in your purse, right? And she said, yeah. I'm like, okay, it's, it's going to be fine. Good girl. See you later. We're good. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> oh, sure. Go get him, killer. So <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. We, uh, Jenny, I think we are going to keep going with Ask Jenny. Okay. I've changed it to Ask Jenny and Scott because I started feeling bad about myself. Um, no, some of the questions came in that were directed to yeah, me too. Yeah, you so should. I was like, All right, well, let's do this. Okay, so Rachel says, this one's interesting. She said, my son is seven years old and he's had type 1 diabetes for only seven months. He's still honeymooning pretty hard and is only using two units of Levomir a day. I spoke with our CDE, who she loves, mm-hmm. and she mentioned waiting until basal needs are greater but I'd really like to get a pump. But it sounds like it's not a good time yet. Any thoughts or advice? There are times that I think I get this, right? If, you're, if your basal needs are so low that a pump can't approximate them, you can't use a pump maybe. But I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I'm, if you want a pump, I think you, you can find a way to do it. And I've seen people find different ways to do it. What do you tell people in this scenario? Right. Well, I mean, you know, two units an hour or two units a day of just the base basal is essentially what she's saying that she's or her her child is on, yeah. right? So really, I mean, even if you divide that into 24 hours, it comes out to a basal rate of 0.08 an hour, which I mean, pumps usually do either 0.025 or 0.05 per hour, right? Mm-hmm. So technically... Yes, there's definitely at a point that they could be using a pump. I would recommend if they are looking at a pump to get a pump that has the ability to have increments of probably the 0.025 or even the 0.05, but with the ability to have the 0.00 as a basal segment. What pumps do that at this point? All pumps on the market do that at that point. At this point, Omnipod's Dash does that at this point, right. but not the current PDM pods. So if they wanted a tubeless pump, they would have to choose the Dash pump to begin with because they couldn't get less than 0.05. Rachel's question makes me think, I don't know, maybe I'm cynical, but sometimes I think doctors are just looking for an excuse to tell you something. Like, oh, you don't use enough insulin yet. You don't need a pump. Like, I know a lot of doctors add um, just these arbitrary lines on things. Like you have to do this for a year and then we can give you a pump or, you know, I want to see this many A1Cs in a row or or the one that always fascinates me is you're not taking, you have to be stable. Yeah. yeah. You're not taking care of your blood sugar correctly. (laughs) So we're going to take the pump away from that one fascinates me. I'm like, right. Okay. It just, so a lot of this doesn't make sense to me. A lot of this always makes me think about my experience where we asked for an Omnipod at our pump training, and we were told, no, you don't want that pump. And they were adamant about it and threw a ton of reasons huh. at us, right? Uh, your daughter's too lean. You, um, you know, I forget. There was all these things. You have to carry this thing with you. Like, they did everything they could to get me not to, to try it. We tried it anyway. It's a story I've told in the podcast. But then a number of years later, we were told by the hospital, hey, listen, we apologize for trying to get you away from this, but we just didn't understand it. We didn't want you using something we couldn't support. So instead of saying that, it was excuses. Don't do it because of this, that, this, all these things I thought about. I wonder how often that happens to people because Rachel's 
predicament is interesting in that a pump mm-hmm. could accommodate her kids' basal needs. Yeah. So it could. Are they going to change because they're very early in this? They're going to change. Right. But the benefit of the pump outside of an injected amount that you can't change once it's there is that you can adjust the pump right now. You can adjust the basal. And with the ups and downs that are coming so soon in a diagnostic or you know in a diagnosis time, the the pump could be very advantageous. Yeah, doesn't that seem like a no-brainer to you, really? Because you could yeah. temp yeah. basal off. You know, you could set basal rates with right. no insulin for hours at a time. Like it just makes sense to Correct. me. Correct. Yeah. All right. So Correct. I always tell people, yeah. look, um, it's your kid, it's your diabetes, whatever it is, you know, you're not asking. I know it feels like that in the doctor's office, right. like you're asking for permission, but you're not. You say, look, I want an insulin pump, write the prescription. And if they don't want to, right. I say find a doctor that wants to, you know, but right. that's just Exactly. Me. Find somebody to support. And it's kind of like you mentioned before, just with the, as a supportive component, if you're being told that you are not well, well enough controlled be on a pump, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's also like the offices that only prescribe one brand of pump. Well, the reason that they do is because they've only been educated on that and they've got to a comfort level that they don't see the outside. They are on this narrow path of must prescribe this pump because that's what we've been taught to do. But that's not addressing people's individual needs. Not at all. It's not aesthetics with a pump. Yeah. Pump are chosen by the user for very specific reasons. And when you as a user are like, oh, this pump isn't fitting my need anymore, I'm going to go on to this other pump. I mean, that's what I did. Yeah. Originally, I was on an animus pump. I had started doing triathlons, and I was tired of disconnecting. I was tired. And so I had a friend, and she was like, hey, you can wait just a couple of months. There's going to be this great tubeless pump that's on the market. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. She's like, I can get you connected with the rep and talk to him and everything. And I mean, from there on, it was Omnipod because, you know, it fit my life. So, And I I know people who, for instance, love a T-Slim and aren't aren't looking for an Omnipod and good for them, you know, but yeah. So Rachel, don't let your doctor make that decision. I think you can, I think you can do it now. Right. I guess speaking of T-Slim, Bailey says, uh, my question is if there's any advice for those of us with the tandem X2 with basal IQ mm-hmm. it says we when we extend a bolus, it almost always cancels it before the extended bolus is finished because it predicts we will reach 80, but then we do the math and dose the rest because obviously they still right. need the insulin. Right. But now we have to remember to do that. Um, you know, that's uh, that's my world with looping right there in a nutshell. So I think what we're talking about here is this algorithm-based um, you know, system, all these systems are making you have to understand because they're working by adding and subtracting insulin they don't have a way to magically make your blood sugar come up so they are trying to keep you from getting low right um and the basal iq specifically is trying to prevent a blood sugar less than 80. so really you know it predicts out into the future over the next 30 minutes where the trend in glucose is coming and basal iq's job is only to suspend and prevent a low it's a predictive low suspend it's not quite there Declaration, which is supposed to be called, um, I think it's control IQ is what it will essentially be. Um, but their their basal IQ is essentially um, just to prevent a drop. 
So with the extended bolus, they're correct. What ends up happening is if the trend in glucose is coming down with that extended bolus going, basal IQ kicks in and it turns off all insulin, not just a basal, but it also cancels that extended bolus. So to get around it, extended boluses, um, from what our our user in the office, um, our educator in the office who uses Tandem and has used it a long time herself, for extended boluses, she recommends turning basal IQ off when you've got that extended bolus going because it's it, it's it's kind of just allowing the extended bolus to work in a time period for what you know the purpose for it being there, right? You've used it before. You know you need to use it for this purpose. You don't want the basal or any insulin to be kicked off because you know how it's supposed to work. So none of these systems are 100% perfect none of them are cut and dry forget about it so what you just said turn off the predictive system that's the same as in a looping scenario where i would open the loop because i want the loop to stop working for a little while because i'm trying to bring a blood sugar down okay all right um i think i lost you i don't think i can hear you did you lose oh, me wait, no there you are okay. i'm here you... <laughs> i was shaking my she head and i have to remember i not even have to remember nobody sees this they hear it so yes Oh, yeah, she's nodding answer. her head, and I was like, "Oh, we've lost our audio." Uh, <laughs> anyway, I think I think Jenny's description is perfect. There is that there, there's just some things that these algorithms can't see, right? And variables are, are is definitely right. one of them. Um, and so you gonna, you're going to have to be, you know, one of the things I end up telling people about looping is you're still got to you still have to be involved. It's you it's not going to be like set it forget you it. You must interact. Yeah, you're still it's just a different different interaction. Still an interactive system, you it's just di- yeah, it's just different. Yep. Thanks so much to Inpen for sponsoring this episode of Ask Scott and Jenny and don't forget please that you can actually hire Jenny. She works at Integrated Diabetes. There's a link in your show notes and there's links at juiceboxpodcast.com, but you really just need to go to integrateddiabetes.com, go to the staff, find Jenny, there's her email address, and you're on your way. All right, little bonus here at the end, compliments of InPen. Now, InPen, of course, is available at companionmedical.com. There's also links in the show notes. And what you get when you have an InPen is an insulin pen that's speaking to an app on your phone. What you get from that is all of the functionality, well, almost all of the functionality that you can get with an insulin pump. You can't mess with your basal insulin, obviously, but the other stuff, like insulin on board, helping you with your carb ratios when you're doing meal boluses, all of that's right there. And as you know, these episodes for these couple of Fridays here are gonna be sponsored by InPen. Part of what you're gonna get is little snippets of a story from one of their users, Fiona Wild, who is a professional wind surfing paddle board. She does something on the water with a big board and sometimes she has a stick in her hand. But what she always has in her backpack is her in pen. So here's a little bit about Fiona's diagnosis. And then of course, in a few weeks, you'll hear the entire episode with Fiona. Companion Medical Makers of the in pen brings you this story with Fiona Wild. And there are links in the show notes and juiceboxpodcast.com if you'd like to check out the InPen for yourself.
Hey, this is Fiona Wild, and the Juice Box Podcast is super cruisy. When you're first diagnosed, I'm assuming you leave the hospital with like, like pens or syringes and insulin and a meter, right? That's about it. Surprisingly, because um, I didn't really think that anything was, you know, that wrong. I knew I wasn't feeling great, but um, basically, I just went into my family care doctor, and I, you know, I had explained that you know I hadn't. You know, I had dry mouth. I've been losing some weight. You know, I had an infection and this and that, whatever. And he looked at me and he's like, has anybody ever tested your blood sugar? I was like, no. <laughs> what, what is that? You know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, thinking, okay, all sorts of tests, you know, what's involved. And he just pulled out a meter and he said, let me prick your finger. I was like, no, thank you. Okay. And then he pricked my finger and the number that popped up on the screen was 586. And I was all happy because I just graduated high school that morning. So I'm like, great, what's that out of? Like a thousand? Yeah. And he goes, no. Um, you know, I'm really sorry, but you pretty much have type 1 diabetes. Tears, and I didn't know what that meant. And, you know, I, I had no idea what diabetes, let alone type 1, was. Um, but I live in a small town, and he pretty much said, go home, because I just went to the doctor's office on my own. He was like, go home talk with your parents and he gave me his personal cell phone number and was like have him give me a call and I can talk and you know help you guys out if you need anything so then that night it pretty much I didn't get any insulin didn't do anything I actually never went to the hospital because I was 18 so I wasn't an adolescent I guess um anymore it's kind of strange but um yeah so then I went and the next day got connected with a diabetes educator and she went through absolutely everything, you know, explained how insulin works, what diabetes is. And she was spectacular. And she's the one, you know, who showed me how to prick my finger and how to, you know, calculate carbs and give myself insulin for that. And that's when it all started. But the problem was that I was supposed to go to Europe to race for the first time five days later. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness, you know, like. When I first got diagnosed, was, I was bummed because I was like, okay, like, obviously I'm not going to go. Like, this is not my priority right now. My priority is my health. But then after getting insulin started and, like, you know, immediately coming out of the 500s, which is good, we went and spoke with my doctor. Oh, I was sitting there with my parents, and I was like, okay, so here's the thing. Like, I was supposed to go to England to race. Um, my dad was already planning on coming with me. But, you know, if it's going to be any problem for my health, like, you know, please tell me and I absolutely will not go. You know, that's, right. I don't want to put myself in any harm. And he looked at me and he goes, that is not a decision for me to make. I, it's not going to hurt you. So I think you can make that decision as a family. And I was like, okay, dad, we're going to England. Wow. <laughs> and then we got on a plane two days later.